Hi. Hi. It's nice to see you. You too. I've been thinking a lot about you. Well, you know, I think a lot about this work and you and what we're doing. And yeah, I've had a lot of time to think. I imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess um, I don't really have any specific questions today. I came just sort of wanting to give you the floor and to allow you to talk about anything that you want to talk about. Well, you know, I have to say I had a lot of uh, apprehension when you first approached me about this project, not because I didn't think, you know, you looked you up and you seemed legit and that after I met you felt comfortable, but there wasn't a lot that I had, you know, opened up about yet. And now I guess I'm feeling more safe and more trusting to let you in on some more of the backstory of what I call the fuckery. And so I have to thank you for sharing and opening up about your stuff last time because it made me realize, like, you know, we're all really trying to understand this, even me, and I'm in it. And so if I can help people understand it, um, you know, some people will never understand. That's very true. And that's okay. Um, But the ones who can hear me will hear me. That's right. So... You know how in Hollywood there have been these women who've kind of like lost their mind and they shave their head or they're too far into drugs and alcohol or they collapse from quote-unquote exhaustion? Sure. Yeah, it's none of those things. It's really, those might be catalysts and they might be factors and symptoms, Mm -hmm. but there's really much more, um, unfortunately, nefarious and kind of malicious thing that happens behind the scenes to women in these high-visibility fields. In music and film in particular and anything where, you know, women are created uh, and cultivated to be sex objects and symbols, right? Right. I mean, I think the the whole Me Too movement has really shown that. Yeah. That there's just a a systemic level of, you know, sexual harassment and harassment in general of women in these fields. And I would venture to say it isn't just random or cultural, that it's actually pretty targeted and specific sometimes. And whether they're, you know, you're you're bright, you're shiny, and people want to throw rocks, you know, and things that shine, right? That's an old uh, song or a pop song Mm. or something. Anyway, um, they want your shine, but they also don't want you to have your shine too brightly. Mm -hmm. They want your voice, but they don't want it to be too loud. Right. And so... Because then it's hard to control it. Yeah. And so they'll test you to see, you know, if they can turn you from a liability to an asset. Okay. Much kind of like, I would imagine, the CIA or FBI or, you know, organizations like that will do psychological testing on people to see, you know, will how loyal will they be. If sure. we can get them from moving away towards enemy, towards, you know, wanting to serve the country. Yeah. And so I was writing a lot of radical material at the time and, you know, even making assassination jokes when this president got in because I was just mystified that he did. And, you know, I just couldn't wrap my head around him being in power 
of anything, let alone, you know, a free world. Can you give us an example of an assassination joke you made? Yeah, just I would say things like, let me, let me at him. Give Mm. me five minutes in a room alone with him and I'll take care of all of it. I guess you did. I guess I did. In some ways. In some ways, I opened, obviously, a lot more cans of worms and Pandora's boxes. So anyway, um, you know, like these women are fucked with in Hollywood and and women are fucked with in business and and all kinds of industries. Uh, It also happens, of course, in our government, which we are are well aware of from the harassment, uh, you know, lawsuits that came about and the hush money that's been paid. So when you pop up on these radars of being vocal and female, and I guess what they considered attractive, Mm. now suddenly they want to fuck you or they want to fuck you over. Right. And so then it begins. And then it begins in earnest where you don't know if it's some hacker millennial kid who's just bored and playing, Mm -hmm. who's found you through some random channel, or if it's a more uh, elaborate and uh, strategic thing. Mm -hmm. But you start to see and connect the dots. Right. And I did sometimes feel like, um, like, so my name is Wonder, right? Right. So I started to, you know, hear the word wonder everywhere. And even the president, like himself, started fucking saying wonder in like all of his speeches. It was fucking crazy. Hmm. And of course, I was already paranoid and I was already vulnerable. And I was like, oh, that's not happening. He doesn't even know you exist. And that's not real. And he's busy, you know, you know, getting pummeled in the press and, you know, he has bigger fish to fry and he is not aware you're an ant in his universe. But it kept happening and it mm-hmm. kept happening. And like where I felt like sometimes he was secretly trying to woo and other times he was trying to gaslight and other times he was negging. You know what negging is? Of course I know what negging yeah, is. Yeah, so most of us do. But like, and then complimenting and then just teasing. And so... those For those who don't know what negging though is, it's basically a backhanded compliment. It's something that is intended to sort of knock someone down a peg like um if you're at a bar or whatever and you see a girl and you say to her hey nice shirt i think my little sister has one just like it yeah that would be a neg yeah and so it's an insult that that really um is meant to put you off your game and feel insecure Mm -hmm. so that then you either want to try to win that person over Mm -hmm. or um you're intrigued by the fact that they don't fall at your feet like every other guy does right (laughs) Right? Right. which i think happens to these men too who are in the public eye and women and everybody's kissing their ass and so somebody calls them out and goes yeah i see your bullshit kid Mm -hmm. they're suddenly like oh someone sees my bullshit i think i kind of like that i think that kind of turns me on so there was a little bit of that gaminess going back and forth and i had to stop watching the news because i just felt like he was always speaking this like weird double speak and in this coded thing that you know a lot of the pundits were surmising maybe it's dementia or maybe it's this or maybe it's that but honestly i think it's just his awkward fraternity boy way of fucking flirting yeah and you know he's he's kind of relentless about Mm -hmm. it actually Mm -hmm. so um you know just the weird things would happen i'd be out with friends and, and you know, or just felt like the TV would get hijacked and, and or I'd be out in a store and I felt like the music what do you, what on do the you overhead. What mean the TV would get hijacked? Yeah, well, just sometimes it felt like pattern recognition again, right? Like, so the, the TV show, Hawk, talk, the talk show hosts, the late night guys, who I always kind of liked and had little crushes on and thought they were smart and funny, they started to seem like weirdly sinister and like, mm. like they were in on some kind of bizarre practical joke mm. and not just hazing the president but hazing me 
Hmm. And I, you know, my friends would be like, well, why would they do that? They don't, why would they bother? They don't even know who you are. And I would go, I know, but I kind of feel like maybe they do. Hmm. And even though I wasn't in the public eye or in their realm or sphere, technically I started to feel like I was being pulled into it in this very Interesting. uncomfortable and and dark way. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to emphasize that um, even if you have a little splinter in your brain of crazy or you have a vulnerable or a weak spot and then someone comes along and whether they're gaslighting you or it's all in your head, you kind of start adding up all these incidents and connecting all the dots and going, well, I'm either super crazy mm -hmm. or the world is crazy or mm -hmm. both or neither. But right now, I guess I'll just, you know try to deal with it and then you try to deal with it and you try to swallow it and that's what women do and we don't report and we don't speak up and we right. don't talk back you know the younger generation i think is obviously in a much better place with that than than people in their 30s and 40s and up because mm -hmm. we were taught don't make waves yeah don't air your dirty laundry don't mm -hmm. be a rat don't be a snitch don't be a whistleblower right. just suck it up buttercup and get on with it that's just the way things are be a grown-up and deal yeah and so i did that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I swallowed it. I sucked it up buttercup. I dealt. And then I really just wanted to fight back. Yeah. I felt so like the kid on the playground being pushed around who finally puts her fists up yeah. and says, no, you fucking will not. No, you fucking will not. And I see what you're doing and you know you fucking will not. Mm -hmm. And you picked the wrong person to mess with. So, you know, he started to become more, I guess representative of the fuckery to me okay like if if he wasn't leading it or guiding mm -hmm. it or shaping it because i don't think he's that smart frankly <laughs> <laughs> you know uh then he was heavily involved in it and and uh and it was a game and it just felt like they all are in bed together and they do all play their different roles mm-hmm you know, and so some are wearing the white hats and some are wearing the black hats and some are wearing the rainbow hats. And, and you know, like it just became really convoluted and really strange and surreal. Like you're on a fucking acid trip all the time, mm. no matter what's going on. And then, you know, you can kind of working with sleep deprivation and, you know, you're starting to push people away because you just realize that if you do even give a fraction of what's going on for you, they're going to lock you up. Yeah. They're going to lock you up and throw away the key. Yeah. And especially if you start saying, I think the president of the United States is hazing me because he wants to fuck me. And he knows I think he's repulsive and wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole unless it was to, you know, snuff his life up. So, you know, but he just is so oily that I think I became like a little weird, like kind of conquest for him mm -hmm. and then a game and, right. and so an entertainment for, sure. you know, when, when he was bored mm -hmm. and an adversary and opponent that he kind of just enjoyed playing cat and mouse with. And I was right. like, Oh hell no, buddy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started to push back and I started to test things out and, you know, see, you know, if I said certain keywords, with my phone off, uh -huh. but in the vicinity or, you know, I just wanted to know if my environment was kind of bugged, right? right. Like, well, how heavy and deep did the surveillance go? Like when I was going out to the store and I'm in a rural area in Maine and there's all these guys in suits and, mm. I, and they're watching my every move when I go in the store to go get my, you know, vitamin water. And all of a sudden they're like, 
oh, that girl knows what she wants. Look at her going right for what she needs. And they're, they're guys in suits hanging out. And I don't think they were going to a business meeting. They were just hanging out in the store and laughing at my reaction, giving them looks of like, what the fuck are you guys doing here in the middle of nowhere in your suits? That is very you know? strange. So like shit like that was happening left and right. I went to the lake one day and I stretched my arms out to my sides like I was just you know, wanting to hug the world. Mm -hmm. And the next day that same gesture shows up and a couple of the Instagram stories and I'm going, all right, either I'm super fucking precognitive psychic mm -hmm. and I'm tuning into other people's fields and mimicking their, you know, gestures mm -hmm. or I'm being watched and they're letting me know yeah. in these not so subtle ways. Sometimes I'll wear this color. That one wears this color. I'll say this, that one says this. Mm -hmm. It's like a giant game of, you know, mirror mirror and mother may i and it's just it's like junior high right but you're in this this um i don't know like it felt like an interdimensional wormhole sometimes of like i don't know what reality i'm surfing in right now yeah that's and very scary it did because the only thing i can liken it to is kind of like a weird bad trip and i i haven't had a lot of experience with hallucinogens or anything but i just that's what it felt like all the time it sounds a lot like the Truman Show, too, just that yes, feeling of 100%. what's real, what's not. Am I, you know, am I making this up in my mind? Yeah. Is this really happening to me? Yeah. Why would all these people go to this length? <laughs> because they're billionaires and they're bored and they can, you know. Yeah. And so you're you're fresh meat, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden. You know, they want to see how the new girl acts at school and they sure. want to put you in these different pressure situations and you think they're grown ups because they have these awards and they have these prestigious careers and they dress up in sequins and go to their shows mm -hmm. and collect their trophies. But they're all fucking 13 right. inside. It's all just a status game. It's, it is a status game. And and a really high. dark and twisted one. <laughs> Twitter high. <laughs> Twitter low. <laughs> and uh, trending. Now trending. You know, how, how much yeah. of an asshole can you be? And then still go and, you know, write your checks to charity and sleep at night. So. Yeah. so it's not that I, like, had contempt or suspicion going into any of this. I actually had a lot of naivete and I had mm -hmm. a lot of hope that, you know, cl conscious collaborations could happen with some of these high-level people who, if, you know, there was certain of a common thread that wove them together like our humanity, that I guess I had this Mr. Rogers, Bob Ross idea of the planet and then realized it was more like the Grinch meets Scrooge meets, you know. Yeah. I just, like, I didn't see life in terms of heroes and villains or perpetrators and victims. I just saw people who were at different levels of consciousness. Right. Acting out in different sure. ways. Sure. And so I really was the kid in kindergarten who just wanted to be everybody's friend mm -hmm. and didn't understand anything else and I still don't yeah even him I felt sorry for at certain times and sure. I I couldn't hate him I did pity him and I did see his motivations of you know having been bullied as a kid himself and wanting to win his father's approval and and being really awkward and terrible with women and then getting grabby because nobody would want him to touch them and so I felt sorry for the guy sure. I felt deep empathy and pity for someone who you know always has to try to be the best at everything and that ego that just never lets him rest from you know having to be seen a certain way and then yeah and and just 
being so bad at this job and being so unqualified that through either incompetence or malicious intention, he's just fucking it up. And then I started thinking, it's so unfair that we haven't had a female president by this time and we need one and we got to get him out and make room for her. And I kept feeling like, like we have to make room for her and he's in her house. He's in my house. He's in our house. Get Mm -hmm. that fucker out of my house. Hmm. It just felt like an intruder and it felt like he, you know, was and is probably a rapist and it felt like he wasn't as at least a sexual assaulter and that you know a tax evader and all these crime things that you know like the things they catch him on are these these things that i go well that's not a big deal how come it wasn't a big deal that he potentially raped a 13 year old or how come it wasn't a big deal that you know he raped one of his ex-wives how come those things weren't big deals they should have been bigger deals yeah that should have had people parading in the streets Mm -hmm. and asking for his head yeah but we don't value women we don't value girls and women enough to say you can't do that we value the constitution we value the declaration of independence but we don't necessarily value girls and women in the same ways we value these dead documents by these dead white guys yeah so you know i just felt like it's one thing for him to fuck the country over it's one thing for him to fuck the white house over but he's trying to fuck me over now and now it's personal yeah and maybe I can't do anything else about any of that other stuff, but I can tell him, no, you will not. And if he tries and he keeps doing it, I can make sure he gets the message. And I guess I'm, we don't have to get into this today, but I, of course, at some point, I'd like to hear the story. And I think other people would like to hear the story of how you got from being fucked with to being in a position to fuck back. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready for that either yet, but I can just say this for now. There are channels of communication that go on behind the scenes of even the internet Mm -hmm. and even the dark web. There are methods of communication that happen that, for lack of a better term, we would call telepathic. Okay. Okay. And subliminal, okay? And social media is a very gross and undeveloped and primal way we use this now. We think technology is sophisticated, but in fact, it's really representing our mind and our consciousness and ways we communicate non-verbally, for example. Yeah. And so he just kept getting closer and closer and closer to my world and I started feeling more and more encroached upon and more and more stalked really yeah. and toyed with. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I started just, you know, playing along like maybe I was going to flip oh. and maybe I w- could be in his camp and maybe I had gotten it wrong. I see. So I started to manipulate his ego, mm. which is, you know, his greatest downfall. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if he thought that he could buy me, like he acquires these buildings, right? Yeah. Then I started to put a price tag that was more than any of the other women he'd ever paid for. And I started to think, well, if he can come up with, say, $40 million, I'll spend the night with him. And I started to write jokingly about that, too. And he took the bait. Wow. Yeah, he took the bait. So then he started saying how he was raising money for this project or raising money for that. And don't worry, I'm going to come up with the funds. 
Interesting. And I knew that wasn't just about this, that, or the other, that he was telling me, I will meet your price and we will have our night together. Wow. All he wanted was one night. And, and he how wanted did that me to see feel to, to, to know that it was working? Well, it felt like, you know, I actually had moments of, wow, $40 million could do a lot of good in the world. Hmm. And could I just do some kind of indecent proposal, shut my brain off and, and be with him? And I thought, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I thought, well, maybe I could. Hmm. And I would go back and forth about, well, I could donate a lot of that money to women's causes. And it's only, you know, I, I'd be scarred for life, but I, I'd get over it. And then, you know, he'd have his win, mm -hmm. or he'd think he had his win. But really, right. I would walk away and, and go and, you know, support causes that would, you know, help him along his way. So, yeah, it didn't start out of like, like I was going to actually go through with it. But it, I, yeah. I started out like letting him know I was considering it. Well, it's hard. I mean, when you put that much effort into something and you've kind of gone that far, it's hard to, to not at least toy with the idea of what happens if I keep going. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even like I was playing a game at that point because I was very clear that they were playing a game and I was in a game. I didn't know the rules mm -hmm. and I didn't necessarily even want to win, if that makes sense. Sure, I, the only yeah. thing I wanted to do was stay alive. Okay. okay so that was my game. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't, you know, world domination or world liberation games at that point, And it wasn't philanthropy and humanity anymore at that point. It was then it did become very, very, again, primal, kill or be killed. And survival-based, mm -hmm. and feeling like I had to keep this madman yeah. uh, entertained, like you're telling those those stories every night, Shahrazad. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, so he was tuning in and, and watching me on social media, and so we were having kind of indirect, unofficial conversations, and you know, every now and then I'd give him a smack, like like a like a dominatrix would to her one mm -hmm. of her clients, and I think he really likes that. He gets off on that. He likes to sure. humiliate women, but he also likes to be humiliated by women. I think that's a very common thing of really powerful men. Yeah, they want to know that someone can put them in their place. Yeah, someone can smack them down. Yeah, and it feels sexy to them and safe, and also like a power game and and dirty and you know right. sneaky, and so. I just, I guess I got in his head a little bit, like he was trying to get into my pants. <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of the back and forth for a while. Um, and I had to really move away from the news cycle because it was just stressing me out too much because he was using, I felt like, and maybe it wasn't true, but at the time I felt like he was using the news to try to get me secret messages. And that's why a lot of them were scratching their heads like, he said this thing, he said that thing, does he have dementia, what's going on? Mm. And I knew he was speaking in code. Those were coded messages. Yeah. He just well, he's just like any guy who wants to get laid. He thinks right. he's being crafty, clever, and cagey, and really he's not as, you know, he's he's a lot uh, more transparent than he thinks, he, thinks he, is. he is. You know, Always. it's like a guy who's trying to cheat on his wife or something, and right. so he thinks he's being all sneaky and cool by dropping these hints, mm -hmm. and whether she notices or not, because she's either too busy to care or is on to his games or gave up on him long ago that or being she's loyal or faithful or has decided not yeah, to see it she just yeah. decides to you know that's what she signed up for whatever right um but you know women who've been uh wooed and groomed to be mistresses mm -hmm. to these high level men um mm -hmm. are well aware of the intricacies of the game i was not yeah 
I stumbled into this and suddenly I'm in the arena mm. and there's blood on the ground and I'm just wanting to run because yeah. my instinct was always get away from it. Get away from it and go be in the woods. Get away from it and yeah. go be at the Buddhist community. Get away from it and go live in Mexico for a while with your friend. Get away from it and and just, you know, be quiet for a while and hide. And so those those chunks of time, like months here and there, would help me reframe and recalibrate and come back to some baseline of somewhat a sanity or a peace. But then anytime I would be out in public again or anytime I would be in a place where there was stimulation or noise or people, I would get really agitated again and frustrated and feel the weight of it. Yeah. Feel the weight of it just crushing me and pushing in on me and like I couldn't fucking escape. This sound I'm starting to understand now why you say it was more of a capitulation. Yeah. That you know like, you, fine, you win, let's do this. Yeah. It's just I can't take it anymore. You know you're it's not that he was better at it or smarter. It's just that he was more persistent, relentless, had better resources. Yeah, of course he did. And you know, and 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 I I mean I guess I at one point figured, well, if they wanted me dead, I'd be dead. Right. And so then I started to go, well, you know, really the safest thing as we know as women is hiding in plain sight yeah and not running away and not you know giving them to have cause to chase right? right but to come out and push back and throw punches and maybe some of them land and maybe some of them land you on your ass but you're just not being passive anymore and sitting there and, and letting this you know psychological warfare take you down yeah because that's all it was was psychological warfare right. and it goes on <laughs> like you wouldn't possibly imagine. Really? It is so intricate, so deep. I know it sounds like tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists again and loony, you know, tunes, but I just, I was naive. Three mm -hmm. to five years ago, I would hear these things and I would go, oh, that's sad that someone thinks that way mm -hmm. or is so fear-driven right? or is so paranoid yeah, or is so caught up in their own you know, narcissistic ego that they think the whole world is out to get them or thinks, you know, that they walk on water or whatever it is that's the distortion of that, right? Right. That really does kind of hijack your brain mm -hmm. and really does take your psyche for a ride. Yeah. But your heart and your gut are the wisdom keepers of all time and they know when something feels right and aligned or when something feels off and mm -hmm. wrong and bad. Yeah. And just dangerous, you know? And so was it risks I probably shouldn't have been taking? And was I playing a fool's game with my own, you know, safety and heart? Probably. But I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. I was so backed into a corner at that point, And I was just like a caged animal lashing out left and right and baring my fangs to try to, you know, survive. Yeah. Just to try to survive. And... You know, if you think the president is out to get you, even if that's true or not true, it really colors your whole life. It colors your romantic sure. interactions, your friendships, your work, and you can't fucking concentrate. Like, and I think all these other women who've come out and, and talked about this stuff in detail are like heroes to me because he's a fucking scary dude. I mean, if he's kind of a buffoon and, mm -hmm. and seems like he's just tripping over himself half the time, he does have the weight of that office did have the weight of that office behind him and the resources of you know oh you know just the globe i think any woman who comes forward with you know a story of abuse or <sighs> harassment or assault is 
incredibly brave. I know, but then, you know, like, we get the backlash of, like, oh, you're just seeking attention or a paycheck, and I'm going, oh, my That's God. That's part of why it's so brave. Yeah. Because you know that you're not going to, you know, get a nice award. You're not going to get a nice pat on the back. No, you're just going to get more You're going to get crucified. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get death threats. Yeah. Well, that's already happening for me. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there who want to see you dead. Yeah. They do. Yeah. He had, he had a lot of really fanatical followers. Yeah. And you know, you know how women are in domestic abuse situations. They, they, oh, you yeah. Know, they go and they try to report it. And it's either, well, it used to be, what were you wearing? We'll get a little better from that. What did you do to provoke or invite this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, or what did you not do to stop it? Yeah, so exactly. We, we talked about that before, you know, why didn't you say no? Mm. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you fight? Well, because I was on a mountaintop and because there was nobody around and I thought that he might throw me off the mountain. Yeah. And he was mm -hmm. three times my size. Mm -hmm. Or he's the president of the United fucking States. <laughs> and right. has, you know, all kinds of shit at his disposal and... And intimidation games and uh, and then also I think I started to get under his skin you know I yeah. think I started to rattle him and he started to get obsessive and crazy and so we were in this loop together yeah and it was like a really bad abusive relationship <laughs> yeah sounds like yeah. it and, and there's no restraining order at that level no. <laughs> you know no. when you're in a dysfunctional relationship with president of the United States. Yeah, it's a little awkward. And, you know, there is the possibility that he doesn't know I exist and that I did make it all up in my head or didn't know I exist. But I still think of him as alive. Is that weird? No. No. I guess I it hasn't even sunk in for me yet. What do you think about the first lady? What do you think about his wife? I think she's relieved. You think you can so? See it. You can see it in her body language. She yeah. was always so tense and pinched mm -hmm. when he was around, and she flinched when he touched her. And now she seems relaxed and happy with her son. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's got her book deal, and she's got her stories that she's going to tell. So I've always done thought... Her, maybe I did her a favor. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I've always thought... I mean, just looking at the timeline of their relationship and everything, I've always thought that they probably just made some sort of deal. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, there's all kinds of political deals and those kinds of alliances that make no sense for you're supposed to be a strong, powerful woman. Why are you staying with a womanizer? It mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense rationally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I love him is not an answer in this day and age, right? Why are you staying with someone who dishonors you and, and uh, doesn't advance your life forward in any way, but only makes you feel humiliated and... Uh, less than and like you have to I don't know I guess I just don't get me started on the whole stand by your man thing I never understood it I certainly don't get it and uh, I know it's really judgy of me because everybody's relationship's different and everybody's got their own agreements and deals and all that but like to me that's that is selling your soul to the devil I just you know? think it's a lot more complicated than that people say you know oh, it's because I love him but it's not just that it's that we are afraid of ourselves and we are afraid to confront ourselves and we're afraid to confront what we've done to ourselves by staying as long as we did. And the fear of being alone and the fear of having to face all of that by yourself is really terrible. And they are, yes, they're your 
captor and they're your abuser, but at the same time, they are your savior. They're the one that they're the only one that can make you feel better <sighs> after the whole thing. And it it becomes a Stockholm syndrome thing where yeah. you you become reliant on the drama and the cycle and the pain. And you also this is a hard one to explain. Um, I've tried to explain this to a lot of people and they, and they just sort of give me a, a blank stare. But what ends up happening is that you're so afraid to become like them. You're so afraid of, of hurting someone because you know how it feels to be hurt. And they're really good at showing you how much you're hurting them when you just try to hold them accountable for the smallest action that you think, well, what would it be like if I tried to hold them accountable for all of it? It would just be too much. They would see me as this horrible person and to be seen as that kind of monster. When you live with that kind of monster, it's sort of unbearable. So you're trying to take the high road and you're trying to do the whole forgiveness thing. Correct. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you on that because this is something I have wondered about. Do you also think that, like me, a lot of those women just didn't know what to do? They didn't know a way out. They didn't understand that they could. They, it's like the elephant who's tied to the chair who thinks that he can't move anywhere. You yeah, know, but, like... But that's partly because you never try. You, You're too he, afraid the, to try? Yeah, the elephant is too afraid to try. He doesn't, you know, test it anymore. Because bad things happen the last three times. So he's accepted his so fate. So he's accepted his fate. And you just try to make the best of it. And you try to, you know, get up in the morning and make a nice breakfast and hope that today will be better than yesterday. And sometimes it is. And sometimes you get lucky. And then sometimes you don't. And you just accept that as what life is. You can get used to anything. Well, I never got used to the fuckery, and so it just started escalating and elevating and squeezing me harder. Yeah. And that unbearable thing you're talking about is what drove me to, you know, doing what I did because yeah. I knew I wasn't going to ever be able to normalize the behaviors or be okay with it or take a high road or be forgiving or unconditionally loving or any of that stuff. It all sounds good in theory, but when your life is derailed, hijacked, exploited, manipulated, and controlled, and you feel like you can't do anything or have any kind of empowerment or freedom, and you feel victimized and, and you know, like you're not yourself anymore. Well, let me tell you, it might sound good in theory, but taking the high road, not a good sucks. plan. Yeah. Not yeah, because plan. aren't you just seething with resentment anyway? And, and like you're taking the high road on paper and for the image factor, but that you're really right. deep down wanting to kill them every moment of every day? It's not really even wanting to kill them every moment of every day. It's just wanting a way out and not seeing one. Yeah. And wanting to kill yourself more than just anything. Just to get out just of it. Just to get out of yeah. it. Just yeah. to be done with it. And, you know, like... Well, sure, there were the too. moments. There were the <laughs> moments when I thought, you know, yeah. that would be a way out of this. But at the same time, then she would have made me into the monster. She would have made me into right, the monster. Right, then she would have won. And she would have won. Well, then I guess maybe he won. <laughs> but well, here I am being this monster. But I don't know. I don't feel like a monster. I guess I just feel like a human who did a pretty egregious and heinous thing you know I get that it was horrible I get that murder is not the answer to 
global issues. I get that it was a way outside the box solution to my situation, and I just didn't. It was that also. Point, oh, I just didn't know another way. I didn't know another way. I tried all the other ways. It was also really brave. Well, thanks. I mean, there are people out there calling me a hero, and people calling me the devil, and maybe something is in between or maybe it's none of it's true and none of it's real it's just what people do they have to make story to make sense of sure that's what know, we all do something they can't understand i mean i think that's what i'm that's what i'm here for I, i'm trying to make sense of this story i'm trying to make sense of you i'm trying to make you into a coherent narrative that Good i can luck with that honey. show to the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and, have, um, your work cut out for you there yeah i guess yeah. i do <laughs> well We'll keep talking, and we'll keep trying to make sense of it together. Yeah. But right you. now, I probably should wrap up because they're giving us the eye I know. Again. They're giving us the <laughs> eye. Giving us the eye. Oh, one of these days, I'm going to try to hug you just so that we'll hear them say, no bodily contact. <laughs> no bodily contact. That's my favorite line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I don't right. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I wish. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you.